This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 2597, An Early Warning System for Your Investment Portfolio, by Dara Kirkpatrick of CanIRetireYet.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Now let's get right to today's post and start optimizing your life. An Early Warning System for Your Investment Portfolio by Darrow Kirkpatrick of CanIRetireYet.com It's every investor's worst nightmare. You check your portfolio one morning and find it's worth much less than you thought or has lagged the market significantly. In my experience, that usually happens due to a lack of diversification. Imbalances of different kinds can sneak up on even the most experienced investor. I'd categorize my most significant investing mistakes as errors in diversification. Wouldn't it be nice to have a simple system in place that could tell you if you're veering off track? Well, I don't know if a completely automatic and foolproof system, other than perhaps investing your entire portfolio in a target date fund. But the measures described next can go a long way to keeping you out of trouble. Diversification is one of the handful of core investing principles. But how do we measure or quantify it? There are more academic approaches, but for everyday management, I like a simple collection of percentages, measuring what portion of a portfolio is invested along certain key dimensions. Together, these metrics can form an early warning system for your portfolio, alerting you if you're becoming dangerously concentrated in any one area. Just like warning lights at sea or on a car's dashboard, they will alert you if your portfolio needs attention. Each of these diversification metrics takes the form of some quantity as a percentage of your stock holdings, all stocks, or of your portfolio, all investments, or of your total net worth, which is all of your investments plus your personal property. Here are the measures I found most useful. Number one, stocks as a percentage of your portfolio. The allocation between stocks and bonds may be the most important distinction in your portfolio. This division will have a fundamental impact on your expected long-term returns and volatility. Keep this number in prominent view at all times. Number two, individual security as a percentage of your portfolio. For each individual security you own, you should know what percent it represents of your total portfolio. Extremely small positions may not be worth your time. Even if one does spectacularly well, you haven't put in enough money to have a significant impact on your overall return in most cases. Extremely large positions, on the other hand, represent risk unless they're well diversified. Number three, growth stocks as a percentage of all stocks and value stocks as a percentage of all stocks. Growth and value separate stocks in the investing universe based on book values or earnings. If you invest in the entire market, then of your stocks, 50% would be growth and 50% value. Many studies have found that value stocks have higher returns over the long haul. Overweighting them may give you better long-term performance, yet they're cyclical, so that can also cause your portfolio to underperform for long periods. Number four. Asset class as a percentage of your portfolio. There are two significant asset classes beyond stocks and bonds that I recommend investigating once you move beyond entry-level investing, real estate and commodities. 
but both can be volatile and cyclical. If and when you do invest, watch your allocations carefully. Number five, actively managed as a percentage of your portfolio. Few active fund managers are able to beat their associated index. However, some of us may have actively managed funds in our portfolio anyway. Perhaps we bought them long ago or received them as gifts or as an inheritance. Or perhaps we're simply hedging our bets on index investing. At any rate, given the costs versus benefits of active management for most asset classes, I would recommend ensuring that the bulk of your portfolio is in low-cost passive index funds. Number six, non-dollar as a percentage of your net worth. Just as you would not put all of your investments in the stock of a single company, you should not have all of your assets in a single country. Long-term demographic and economic trends do not favor the U.S. Any number of unpredictable short-term events could hurt the dollar. So it's advisable to have a meaningful portion of your net worth in assets that are not tied to the health of the U.S. or the dollar. Number seven, government as a percentage of your net worth. Though long-term trends may not seem to favor the U.S., don't count us out. Legendary investor Warren Buffett continues to feel that the U.S. has the best economic and political system in the world. And any number of short-term events, from global depression to European defaults to wars or disaster overseas, could send the world packing into the historical safe havens of the past century, the U.S. dollar and treasury bonds. Hence, it's wise to have a meaningful portion of your portfolio in safe, familiar U.S. bonds, treasuries, or other government obligations. And number eight, inflation protected as a percentage of your net worth. Inflation is the termite of the financial world, silently eating away at your nest egg until one day there is much less floor underneath than you thought. Inflation is the primary risk factor in investing too conservatively. So it's wise to track which assets in your net worth carry some degree of inflation protection. For starters, you should include any inflation-protected bonds or commodities that you own, as well as real estate and even some stocks in this number. All of these have been historically resistant to inflation. So those are some of my favorite simple indicators for managing risk in an investment portfolio. For more detail on exactly how to compute these quantities, what to include and what to exclude, stay tuned here for more on the topic. You just listened to the post titled An Early Warning System for Your Investment Portfolio by Darrow Kirkpatrick of CanIRetireYet.com. And I'll be right back with my commentary. It's no secret that something always comes up when you're running a small business. It's time to take the pain out of payroll benefits and HR and put the joy back in running your business with Gusto. Gusto's payroll and HR services can make it a little easier. Gusto was designed for you, the small business owner. They take the pain out of running a business, automatically calculating paychecks, filing payroll taxes, setting up open enrollment. Gusto does it all. Want more? Time tracking, health insurance, 401k, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts. You get the idea. With Gusto, you can focus on the joy of running your business. It's super easy to set up and get started. And if you're moving from another provider, Gusto can transfer all your data for you. It's no surprise 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto, 94. 
Here's the best part. Because you're a listener, you get three months totally free. All you have to do is go to gusto.com slash OFD. Again, that's gusto.com slash OFD. I'm telling you, you're gonna love Gusto. Get started today. Today's article really nerded out on some heavy-hitting portfolio construction considerations. This is real financial planner talk, and I'm here for it. If you're a DIY investor, especially if you're close to retirement and creating or executing your own drawdown strategy, I hope you found these measures helpful. But if you're a fairly new investor, stay with me here. If I would have read something like this when I first started taking charge of my money 10 years ago, it would have made me feel discouraged. And in fact, most content I read about investing during that time intimidated me. I consider myself a fairly intelligent person. Growing up, I always got straight A's in school. But when it came to investing, grasping all the terminology, and trying to understand how certain financial concepts applied to me specifically was tough. I'm happy to tell you that it gets easier, and I'm proud of myself for fully understanding today's article. I understand it enough to know that it isn't useful for where I'm at in my financial journey, but it's good food for thought for the future. You don't need to know how to do a slam dunk in order to successfully start playing basketball. If you're in the accumulation phase of building wealth, don't worry about your drawdown strategy and figuring out the world's perfect portfolio construction. Allow it to be imperfect and trust that if you're committed to continue learning about personal finance and investing, you're setting yourself up for long-term success. And that should do it for another edition of Optimal Finance Daily. I'll be back tomorrow as usual. So I'll see you there on the Wednesday show where your optimal life awaits.